Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can also find us on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, where we're going to be every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Also catch us in those other time zones if you happen to live out there. And we've got a lot more coming for you on the five reasons sports.com website, all kinds of new content. We are participating in all of the Miami heats, Miami Marlins, Miami Dolphins, zoom calls. That's a lot of what's going on right now. So when players are on there, coaches are on there, we're going to write all that stuff up for the website. So check out five reasons sports.com. Unlike the others, there's no paywall. You can get all of that stuff for free along with our podcast. The only thing you have to pay for on there is our merchandise. And as you know, that's worth it. Also, check out all of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We added a bunch of new sponsors we're going to be introducing you to. We also want to tell you about some of the great sponsors who have been with us through COVID. We really, really appreciate that because that has kept us going, and we hope that you support them. One of them is the law firm of Gonzalez and Tybor. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number is 954-678-8354, 954-678-8354, where an attorney will answer your call. They represent clients in South Florida, but also in Orlando, Tampa, and Fort Myers, and they offer consultations via telephone or, and everybody's doing this these days, video conference. You know, bankruptcy gets a bad name, but it's one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. The new Stimulus Act, which was just passed has some important changes to the bankruptcy laws. So it's important to have an attorney explain the changes. Don't try to figure it out on your own. They've got payment plans. They've got little to no upfront fees. They can help you or anyone you know. So if you were lucky enough to make it through COVID so far with no financial problems, chances are you know someone who is not that lucky. Gonzalez and Tybor, bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com can help. Even before the pandemic, a lot of people were carrying a lot of debt, living paycheck to paycheck. Bankruptcy, it provides a chance to start fresh and does not, ruin your credit. Again, the phone number 954-678-8354. 954-678-8354. Bankruptcy is good for you.com. And now on with the show. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, aka Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. We're going to be doing something new here. It coincides with us going on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. But also, it's just something we've talked about for a while, which is we're going to try to create a little bit more structure on the show. And one of the things I'm going to do at the beginning of every show is give you what we call the floor plan. So here is today's. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander on Twitter. I've also got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. No Alphonse Sydney, but he'll be back later in the week. We're going to talk today about what's gone on with the Miami Heat over the past few days and what's going on with the NBA in general. Obviously, there's some things we're not going to talk about because I'm not going to talk about things here on the show that I refuse to talk about specifically on Twitter. 
But of course, you know, we reported, um, and we were the first to report this, that the Heats facility was being closed because of a second positive test for COVID-19. Derek Jones Jr. was released last week, not by us, not by the team, but was released to a couple of reporters. So that one's out there. We got another name. I'm not releasing that. The other local reporters have decided also to keep that confidential. And then after that, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reported that there was a third person. I'd heard it might be a coach. He reported correctly that it was another player that tested positive for COVID-19. The Heat had already closed their facility. These positive tests, I was told, came down Wednesday and Thursday of last week. So you can start to do the math a little bit about when these players may be back. We're going to talk about the implications of this without talking about the specific players. I'll start with you, Greg. As you hear this, is it what you expected to happen in this situation? And I guess how should Heat fans feel about it? I mean, on some level, I expected it because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So obviously you thought that there were going to be these kind of situations in and out. Um, But there's also an element I think that we all have, and it's like a subconscious thing where we think it's not going to happen so close to home or it's not going to hit so close to home. And that can happen even at a personal level or with your favorite basketball team. So it gets a little jolting when you see all of a sudden that, you know, more and more players have reportedly tested positive and, um, just with the long-standing history in Miami, me being a long entrenched heat fan, um, I'm always, you know, you, you, you're afraid to roll snake eyes on these kind of things. So it, it is a little concerning, but I think that it had to be ex- expected. Alex, where do you come down? I do think we need to talk about sort of how the media handles these things going forward, because there's going to be so many of these positive tests, um, Today, even tonight, Woj reported Milwaukee shut down the facility because of positive tests. We're hearing about another team. Uh, Leif is hearing about another team. Uh, there were already four teams. Some of the names have been out there publicly already. I saw uh, Landry Shamit of the Clippers. That name was put out by Shams. I think we should address this because I've gotten some pushback on social media about this, and I'm curious about your thoughts on it, your guys' thoughts on it. Should we be talking about the specific players? I'm not going to on this show, but should we be? I don't see why we should honestly I mean it's kind of uh personal if they're not putting it out I'm sure it's you know they've got good reasons for it there's not really much of a point in talking about it uh there is sometimes when you know when you're trying to talk the basketball aspect but at the end of the day what it looks like is uh you know they're not really going to miss any guys by the time the restart comes back right and at this point it's like this this thing is absolutely what they should expect it's just going to get worse from here they're going to a city that's populated with it i mean you just informed me something i had no idea about the mls you know having a bubble in orlando right now mm-hmm. just doesn't seem great along with disney world are they still are they still opening up or did they, did they uh no i think that? they pushed their i think they pushed their opening back a bit it was supposed to be this week wasn't it I think yeah, it was supposed to be like July 11 or something like that. It was, it was supposed to be this week. Yeah, MLS is up there. Um, one of the reasons we were talking about this pre-show is that Stefano Fusaro, who has, you know, was kind of instrumental in breaking some of the Jimmy Butler news about a year ago when he was traded. He's based in Houston now, but he was based in Miami. But he's also an MLS reporter for ESPN, and he is their reporter in the bubble right now. So we're going to have uh, Stefano on, uh, I think, Tuesday to talk about that experience. But MLS is already having positive tests while they're there. And so I guess it comes to this. I mean, the general, I mean, Florida is testing at 20% positive right now. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, the idea that you would have three out of 15 guys or three out of 17 guys on a basketball team testing positive shouldn't surprise anybody. What I had heard guys was the NBA was expecting this. They thought the numbers would actually be higher. And the real test is once you quarantine everybody and they get the two positive, excuse me, the two negative tests after a couple weeks, and they go in there, that they don't test positive again, that they don't bring it in there, and nobody else brings it in there. Just off the cuff, is this going to (laughs) work? Leif, is this going to work? Are we going to make it to the end of this thing? I think they're going to force it to work. I think that there's too many dollars involved. Um, They've kind of created an environment where, you know, you can bring all your players and there's going to be, you know, abilities to substitute guys. So they're going to make it work. Is it going to be a functional, healthy process? I, I doubt it. I, I kind of feel like um, we're heading for trouble. Florida being, you know, what it is as a hot spot that it makes it particularly complicated. So I think it's going to ultimately happen. But is it the right thing to do? That's a whole another conversation. 
is um, Alex, I know your thoughts about whether it's the right thing to do. Cause we've talked about that in a bunch of pods. Are we making it to October 12th? Yeah. Yeah. I think they are. I just don't see it being, I don't think the rate is going to be, and I'm, you know, no scientist at all. I just don't see how it would be worse than, you know, them being out in their own worlds right now. And I, and I'm saying that just because the players union agreed and these guys want to play. I, I, like I've said before, I don't think it's really the right thing to do. And it's just completely contradictory to my entire life as an NBA fan. And, you know, to say the playoff shouldn't happen. But, in, you know, in reality, that's, that's kind of what it's come down to. But at the end of the day, the bubble, I, don't, I just don't think the positive, the, the positive rate is going to be worse over there. You get what I'm saying? I think yeah. it's, uh, it's not great. It's, it's not a great situation, right? But how much worse is it going to be is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. And I think part of it is what we find out in the next week and a half as far as who doesn't show up. And, and the reality of it is this. The team does not want the names out. I think that, you know, I made a decision. I didn't want to put the names out. Um, I know that the Herald knows the names, even though for some reason another media member questioned that tonight on social media. Um, I'm a pretty good idea that the Sentinel has the names. I'm guessing AP probably has the names. So there's a group of us that has the names. Um, the team knows we have the names. <laughs> we didn't get them from him, them because they're not sharing it. And, and, I, and I understand that. Um, but the names are going to become pretty clear, guys, in a week. <laughs> I mean, you know, even if the practices aren't open to the public, people are going to talk. And then remember, they're, they're sharing hotels with other teams, right? So, like, if you yeah. want a competitive – I mean, just competitively. It's not if. It's when everybody finds out. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, oh, wait, this guy's not here. Okay, that kind of changes the whole dynamic. I mean, you can't hide this forever, and the team knows that. Like, they, I mean – they understand it, which is why, honestly, if I had reported it, I don't think they would have been that upset at me. The pushback I got, other than just sort of my own ethical issues about, you know, putting this out. And, and my feeling is this. Look, it's not a sprained ankle, okay? It's not a sprained ankle. It's not – and I'm not saying that there should be a stigma, you know, a stigma with people with COVID. I mean, you know, I haven't been tested yet. I haven't had – I'm asymptomatic. I, I haven't, so I, I don't know, but there shouldn't be a test. I know, I know I'm not going to reveal this. I know others in our network have been tested. I don't, I'm not saying that there should be a stigma about it, but I also think it should be a personal choice of the quote-unquote patient involved. Um, that's just my opinion. But if I had reported it, I really don't think that the team would have been upset at me. I, I, I know that I had communication with some agents who are very upset that some NBA writers are just throwing this stuff out. They don't like it. They don't. They feel like the players should be in position to reveal this information. But again, once these teams get to the hotel, once they start practicing, like not everything that happens in the bubble is going to stay in the bubble, except the people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, another thing here is um, what feeds into this, and it actually goes back to your earlier point about this making all making its way all the way to October. Is the the way that I you know, when I started to kind of um, ask around about this kind of information, it became abundantly clear that uh, everyone kind of expected anybody who maybe tested positive now to be f a full go in August. So when, when I got that kind of feedback about this, it, it just further kind of reinforced this mentality that they're going to push to the finish line. And some teams like the Pacers are saying that like winning in the playoffs is not their goal. Well, the Heat, that's definitely their goal. Yeah, and that's something I want to talk about. Uh, and let's let's get to that next because I, I want to talk about the Pacers and I want to talk about where where some of these teams are. I just guess to close the book on this, I'm expecting it to get out over the next three or four days who the Heat players are. It, it's going to happen beyond DJJ. It's going to happen. Um, you know, again, some of it has been fairly transparent based on you know. But let's, I'm not going to say who it is, a bunch of guys who it isn't, but Myers Leonard is tweeting about, you know, he needs good internet connection in Orlando. It's not him. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get having into, a lot of fun. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. Okay. But look, I mean, there's a certain deduction that people can make about some of the circumstances lately and who may be on that list. But the other thing I want to say is because, because this started this wild goose chase because it was put out there by a couple of reporters that it's a rotation player understand the 12 of the 17 players on the heat are rotation players, right? Do I, do I have to each spot? 
Right. Do I? I mean, the, right. Okay. It's clear that certain guys are not right. Gabe Vincent is not a rotation player at the moment. Right. Okay. And I'm not going to go through the rest Chris of the list. Chris Silva, Udonis Haslam. We just went through the list. There's certain guys that are not rotation players, but this is not a team with seven rotation players. Rotation player incorporates everybody who plays right regularly. So everybody could try to figure all that out. But what I'm saying is in the next three to four days, it's going to come out. The national guys who don't have ties to the heat beyond just the ethical concerns of this, but also they don't have that thing in their head saying, well, if I do this, the heat aren't going to give me any information anymore. They're when they get it, they're going to put it out. And, 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 you know, there's this race going on between two, you know, two national guys who used to work together who fight for every last morsel of news. One of the two of them is going to put it out over the next three or four days. And the heat know that. So you're not going to be able to hide this forever. The question becomes, when can these guys come back? But the other thing, and then I do want to get the Pacers. The other thing I want to get into is that there is this assumption that, and Leif, I think you touched on this, that like, okay, they'll get tested, they'll get over it, they'll get back, they'll be back on the court. I mean, even Spencer Dinwiddie of the Nets was tweeting today, you know, if my tests come back, okay, you know, I'm going to be, but he said he still has some shortness of breath and other things. But then you hear from someone like Von Miller of the Denver, of the Denver Broncos, excuse me, the Broncos, not the Nuggets, who, who just, who's talking, you know, basically revealed that he had it in March and he's still experiencing symptoms. We're in June, July. So it, there's no, Leif, I don't think there's a guarantee that if somebody has it and is symptomatic, that they're going to be fine in two weeks. We don't really know that. You're right. I mean, I think that it's pretty, um, we're being uh, like to, to assume that everybody's just going to recover. I mean, hopefully that's what we all wish for in our heart of hearts, but you don't know what kind of turn this is going to take. And particularly when you hear about guys with breathing issues, long-term lung implications down the line, like we don't know how any of this stuff manifests in each individual physical body. So um, on some level, and I'm no doctor and we all know that um, like, it, it, you, it, it starts to get a little silly to to kind of project out and say, well, this guy will be back by then. But that's what struck me so differently when you talk to people close to the organization and they, they felt like these guys would be back and be ready to play. Um, I think that that just, um, it kind of shows that, uh, you know, these healthy young basketball players, they're putting them in the best uh, case scenario to get better. And then they're hoping they get back on the court. That's basically yeah, I mean, the premise of this whole thing now, right? I think that's why... It seems like what you guys are saying is that there's not a lot of a lot of shock when it comes to this because the whole premise is, you know, we're going to push through these and basically uh, treat them like injuries. Am I wrong there? No, but you can't. And you, but you can't treat them like injuries. That's the whole. No, thing. I'm saying that's that's how they're treating it functionally. Not, that, you know, that's that's basically what their plan is, is what I'm saying. Right, and 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 that's and and here here's the other thing I would bring up. The Miami Heat have gone through more of this kind of stuff with, uh, with you know, non-basketball ailments than any other organization in, in the NBA. We agree on that? Like, for sure. I mean, Zoe and Bosch, those two situations derailed the franchise in, in, at various times. I mean, you know, the, the, the Heat were primed. I mean, if you look at those two situations, you had – you know, when Zoe, when I was at that camp at FAU, I was Me at too. that, we were waiting for him to arrive and he wasn't there. And Barry and I, like this is it, when Barry and I were competing for this four days ago, three days ago, we were texting with each other after, like, how long have we been doing this? Because we were doing this together at FAU, FAU in the year, what was it, 2000, after they'd acquired, you know, Eddie Jones and Anthony Mason and Brian Grant to make a run with Tim Hardaway and Zoe. They had what looked like a perfect starting lineup. They, that was their year to really compete. And we're waiting for Zoe and he doesn't show up. And it's the same thing. We're trying to find out from the organization. It's the same media relations people. It's still Pat Riley. Eric Spolster was an assistant. It's, it's, it's the same team. We were trying to find out 20 years ago what was happening with Zoe. And then, of course, we know what happened with Zoe. He missed the first 69 games. Then they brought him back. Then he left. Then he had to come back and win a championship. And then... The next time that they had a real big run after the big three, a real big opportunity after Shaq and the big three was they make the Goran Dragic trade. And literally that day, Barry and I, again, <laughs> are 
battling it out all day to try to get information because we heard that Chris Bosch was in the hospital and it happened again. Right. And so I understand why heat fan. And then obviously that derailed the franchise, Chris, not playing for them again or playing for them once and then going back out. And then obviously what they had to do with this contract and all the tumult between Chris and the organization, which has since been repaired. And then here we are again. And so I understand why heat fans are freaked out. And I understand why the organization would be freaked out because they've been through this and the organization, I mean, two people they really cared about are, you know, we're not, you know, the same for them ever again. And so I get it, but we're still not going to reveal it. I mean, Leif, as, as longstanding Heat fan, like it goes through your head, right? That 100%. That's exactly what you go to the doom and gloom scenario and you don't want to go there, but we're, we've kind of been conditioned based on our history to at least look at that kind of stuff. And you, you just can't help but go there uh, as morbid as that is. But, um, you know, that's like the weird thing about this is that some people recover and they're fine and they're back uh, healthy and others aren't. And that variable um, is just so it's such an open ended part of this that it's almost surprising that the Heat are not even more careful in going to Orlando. You would think maybe with their history that there would be a part of them that would say, you know, let's take the foot off the gas pedal. We've been through this too many times. So I think that they're probably being being informed that there is a lot of measures that are going to be in place that are super safe for everybody. But as we're seeing, you can be as safe as possible and still, um, you know, get the virus. So it's just such an uncharted situation. We keep saying uncharted territory on every podcast because it literally like every day there's something that's uncharted territory. Right. And the other thing that I want to make clear again, without revealing names, before we start with the players are being irresponsible or anything like that, I can tell you that one of the three players uh, believes that he got it from his trainer. Okay. So, you know, that's not being irresponsible, right? Um, I mean, you know, you, you have a trainer, you take precautions with a trainer, but nobody knows exactly for sure who gets it from who, but a player's trainer, okay, it was positive. And that's basically, uh, you know, what precipitated the information that got out about the player afterwards. So I'm just, I just throwing that out there because I want to make it clear. This doesn't mean that people are being irresponsible. Right, we're going to get to some of the ramifications of other things that have happened around the league and how it may affect the heat. But before we do I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that's Maca M A C A making America clean again, making America clean again. It is a division of Greenview construction and for this day and age, when we're dealing with COVID, we spent the whole episode talking about COVID. You have to make sure that your place of business or your residence is cleaned and sanitized and sterilized and disinfected so that people feel comfortable going there and make sure that you get the certificates that show it. Again, so everybody understands when they go into that place that, look, they're not going to get sick or the chances of them getting sick are going to be less. They, they can get you a certificate for bacterial, viral, fungi, and mold cleaning Treatments is important when you're considering you and your loved one's safety and the safety of your employees and clients. And they'll give you, again, that certificate to display at the workplace showing it's been properly cleaned by a licensed professional professionals, which is important to gain customers' trust on our road to recovery. Again, the website is macainc.net. That's M-A-C-A-I-N-C.net. It's run by a guy named Christopher Tyson. He is a big Miami sports fan, so you can certainly talk to him about that. But again, it's M-A-C-A-Inc.net. Dot net. All right, let's get back to the conversation here. The, the biggest bit of news that affects the Miami Heat, other than them closing the facility and the three players testing positive, is that Victor Oladipo, who we spoke about a lot uh, on our Floor Jours episode, has decided not to play, not citing COVID, but citing the desire to get back to full strength because of a knee, the knee injury that he suffered, and he was struggling a little bit to get back from this year. Alex, you are feeling what about this? Because when we talked about it on the pod, we all kind of said short-term good for the Heat, long-term kind of wanted to see him play. Well, I kind of brought up the opposite point. I obviously did want to see him play. I, I like watching him play. I wanted to see how well he played coming off the injury. Uh, and I'm sure it really isn't just about the injury. I know it's what you said he cited. I'm sure there was plenty of other reasons why that made it a lot easier for him to sit out. And I think he's in, you know, in every right, it's in every right of him to be able to do that. And I think uh, long-term, it still is pretty good for the Heat if you want to look at it from that perspective, right? Like he's going to be playing less games. 
going to be literally healthier by not participating in this. And it would absolutely help the Heat because uh, if they were to have to pay the Blazers, they wouldn't play him. So that's pretty much all there is to his. I mean, I don't blame anybody who who sits out at this point for whatever reason. That's that's pretty much where I stand. Yeah, I I, I don't blame him for any reason. Uh, you know, he's not a free agent after this year. He's a free agent the year after. He didn't look totally right when he came back. Uh, but with that said, I mean, this changes the, the equation a lot. I mean, the Pacers were hanging in without him earlier this year. They actually played a little better without him than they did with him. But they're not much of a threat in the first-round series without him, right? I mean, if you're the Heat now, don't you want to position yourself for the Pacers? Short answer is yes. I think yeah. that um, although the Pacers really did play well without Oladipo, I think people can't forget that, that a lot of their record was done without Oladipo. Um, so that, that definitely is a factor. But uh, how about, I mean, the Pacers literally as an organization have came out and said, this isn't about advancing in the playoffs. It's not about winning a championship. It's about getting through this alive. And I think that that's an, a very interesting perspective that you're not hearing from every organization. So, I mean, Oladipo is exemplifying that in his decision. And um, I think the Heat would probably like to draw the Pacers. But I don't think they're going to be an easy out because they're just they're similar to the Heat in that they're scrappy, physical, good defensive, usually a good defensive team. Um, so all those things are going to play a factor, you know, when you get them as you know, it'll be a dogfight. But isn't it looking now like I mean, it's the Sixers, right? Most likely. I mean, you you would think. I mean, un- unless Philadelphia just they yeah. all still hate each other. I mean, it's going to be the Sixers. I mean, you're gonna you're not catching Boston for three. I, I really don't think so with that schedule, and. You, and, you know, I mean, you play them on the second of a back-to-back again, which has been the history all season. So, I mean, it looks to me like you're you're getting Philly. And, I, I mean, I think we've all kind of said, like, as much as we mock Philly, that because they're such a wild card, because the talent's <laughs> oh, there, man. right? I mean, I mean, I saw Zaire Smith's it. not playing, but everybody else is so far. So, I mean, they, they all seem to be healthy. Oof, man, Zaire Smith was never even part of the rotation. <laughs> but yeah like I, now we're we were saying oh it would have been nice to have that matchup and now it seems inherently possible and inherently likely yeah I mean it's poetic justice Philly Miami culture process Jimmy Butler now in Miami <laughs> um, the continued recruitment of Joel Embiid wait wait I love that the talk about are going off behind you as you talk about <laughs> uh, can right? you tell people because we, we've been dancing around this the entire, entire uh, episode here um, so what's my neighborhood on? for 4th of July and for New Year's Eve, uh, they bring in a bunch of professional folks to do professional fireworks, like the ones you see, like off of uh, Biscayne Bay or off of Hallover Beach. Um, oh, wow. They have that happening in my front yard right now, literally in the street, right in front of my house. So that's what we're up against, guys. Thank you for uh, plugging through the sound quality. Stuff. No, no, it's okay. But I just, I'm trying to understand this in South Carolina. I know that they're a little behind the times, um, but to, to be a day behind July 4th, uh, what is, what is, <laughs> we're recording this on July 5th on the evening of, uh, so any excuse to uh, make anything that resembles a gun sound, that uh, yes. a gunshot sound, that's what they're after. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Ethan, Second Amendment rights, I don't know how you can say anything about South Carolina when, in, in the state that Florida is in right now. About I don't being behind. I, okay, first thing, okay, we've had this discussion about Florida. Uh, I, I don't, everything, everything above, I don't know, West Palm to me belongs to Alabama and Georgia anyway. Now, as far as our issues down here, I mean, you know, we have a certain level of irresponsibility, but I, but I still, I'm not, I'm not counting anything that happens north of Orlando, maybe in certain circumstances, but nothing else north. The, the rest of that belongs to everywhere else. Uh, let, let's get, let's get back to Philly though, because our friend, did you notice our friend who covers the Sixers? What is he, by the way? He's like, a, is he a radio guy? There's this one guy who's got an out for Jimmy Butler. Mike um, Eskin. I think no, no, no. Eskin is no, no. That's Howard Eskin is the longtime uh, host there. His son's involved. Oh, here it is, Austin Krell. Austin Krell. He, this is the guy. Oh, who's always you can. I I, I shouldn't say you can follow him because you should not follow him. But he's at Krell TPL, and he's the one who has had to be right about Jimmy Butler. Like, there's always that one guy in a market that like just won't let something die. And just placed so, his flag there, and he's just he's, been keeping it up. He's got yeah, a lot he's of got egg this, like, on his face. 
Right, but but it's like he's got the egg on his face. He's just like leaving it there. Um, Have you seen the new the new let's uh, let's use the word slant? See if you remember that reference. Have you seen the new slant on Jimmy Butler from the Sixers fans? I've been seeing it all weekend. With the uh, turnover well, I don't know. stuff. Well, is oh, it, I, is I didn't it, even see the turnover stuff. It was the twenty five percent from three thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that. that's what I, no, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, so let me read this. <laughs> so okay, so Bleacher Report. We use that. No, this is Austin Crowell, the Bleacher Report. But he, I don't understand why Bleacher Report put this tweet out now. But they put out a tweet yesterday that said Jimmy Butler showed up to his first Miami Heat practice in October at three thirty a.m. It started at ten a.m. Just a little work while you're, you're all in your third dream, and then they credited Ira. I'm like, why? Why? It's why a great is quote. Tweet, it is a great quote, but why are they tweeting it out in July? This happened in October. So Austin Krell's response was. By the way, this is a guy who stands Ben Simmons. His quote was, Jimmy Butler is shooting below 25% from three-point range and is averaging a career high in turnovers. Is he playing dominoes in the gym for six and a half hours? Uh-huh. Um, wh- what is this? Like, wh- Sixer fans have – it's not just him either. It's a lot of their media and some of their fans. They've still got this bug up their ass about oh. Jimmy. They're jealous. Right, but they didn't offer him the five-year max. I mean, it's it was an it was a relationship that ended ugly. It was almost like, I mean, when did it start? November, December, twenty eighteen for them when when he landed over there. No, and he never wanted to go there. He wanted to go to Miami back when Ethan and I were reporting details of almost finalized Timberwolves heat trades. He wanted to be in Miami, so that Philly thing was just a detour. Yeah, and it was just like this short, (laughs) this short relationship. That they, nobody, I mean, the Sixers fans never really got closure on because of the way that it ended. It was just so much trauma. So I think that's how they kind of, you know, expressed that trauma is but by Alex, just trashing Jimmy Butler. Okay, but how much drama was it really? Because first thing, okay. I'm talking about because of the Kawhi shot and and. Yeah, but, but okay, but he okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash, Miami Heat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. He was their best player in the playoffs, agreed? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, we, we say that all the time, but just to be fair, just to be clear about it, Jimmy, uh, field goal percentage-wise, was a little bit up and down. He was still all around their best player because uh, he was still less up and down than, than, than Embiid. 
and was just a lot better than Simmons at that point because they, they, they took Simmons out of his role. They were running had, everything through him late in games exactly. too, though. Thank That's you. a That's huge right. part of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. They were. They made a decision. It's not not just that he played better. They decided he's our most important player. That's the way they played in the playoffs. It's just so weird because they decide they decided that right that the way they played they basically turned Ben Simmons into like a role player power forward who kind of handles the ball sometimes and but. And you know, gets out on transition, but at the end of the day, they ended up choosing not to give him the, the long-term contract. So it's like, I guess that was just a trial. They weren't. I don't know. I, I think he was coming to Miami all along, y'all. Come on now. Well, no. They, well, no, do you think they, he would have taken the five years? Was, no, they knew he wanted to come to Miami all along. But I think if they'd offered him the, they did tell him at one point. My understanding, and I don't. We've had like twelve people on the pod on the when we were just a podcast before we became a show uh we've, we've had like 12 people on here talking from philadelphia and, and other national writers talking about how you know they did tell jimmy at first that he would get the the five-year extension but then it was never really offered i, I don't know for sure but if if the, but the thing is that if <laughs> they if brett brown didn't want him anymore all right. And it's pretty clear that Jimmy didn't have much respect for Brett Brown. Right. I mean, he's made I mean, he's been explicit about it lately. Like when he was asked by Sue Bird, remember he did that little hit and he he, he was asked about you no know, coaches. What was it? F. Mary yeah. Kill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then again on the J.J. Reddick podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's made it pretty clear that Spo is his favorite and Tibbs is his second favorite. So who does that leave out? All right. I mean, he hasn't talked about, you know, Hoiberg or. uh or Brett Brown. And, and there were, there were reports that he didn't get along very well with Brett Brown. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff we've confirmed since. So if Brett Brown didn't want him long-term and thought, you know, and obviously Ben's younger and has higher upsides, no question, less wear on his tires, that, that made sense. But I don't understand. I, I, so I can understand the Sixers decision. I don't understand the fans anger. Like if he wasn't offered the deal, he wasn't offered the deal. He didn't say anything bad about the Sixers on the way out the door. True. Right. No, they even got stuff for him. So, I mean, it, it kind of worked right. out really well. They got complimentary pieces. They chose Tobias Harris um, kind of uh, – that was the direction they wanted to go. So, I don't understand that animosity other than the fact that we keep screaming culture over process, and that probably bothers them because we have uh, more championship banners hanging, at least <laughs> from, uh, from recent times. <laughs> well, no, we, we also have a T-shirt that says this, which you should check out on our website. Um, go to fivereasonsports.com and – and we have that T-shirt, but it's not just that. I mean, they, they haven't, I mean, 1983, I mean, Ronald Reagan was in his first term. <laughs> That's the last championship. I mean, there's been a lot of dead presidents since then. Like, I, you know, so I, the Sixers have this, the Sixer fans definitely have this petty jealousy type thing, but I don't understand why it's directed at Jimmy. I, I don't, I don't care. I mean, they, like you said, they made a decision to pay Tobias Harris and they made a decision to pay Al Horford. Al Horford, that kind of money, which and if they could ship, and I, I, I'm a fan of Al's, but like if they could ship Al out right now, they would. So I, I just, I just don't get it. Um, all right, let's get to some other other news around the NBA. Uh, the the uh, the Landry um, Shamit, uh, you, you know, checkout of this thing, uh, and then also the potential of Lou Williams not playing. Have you seen anything in the West, Leif, uh, that, that will really affect, affect what we're looking at there in Orlando? Uh, I mean, I still lean Lakers-Clippers. I feel like when you get into like a playoff format, it's going to be one of those two teams. And as long as you don't hear that it's LeBron, AD, Kawhi, or PG, those are, those are still the two teams that I'm really honed in on out West. Um, I think Houston has done some interesting things, but I'm not trusting James Harden, and you will not force me to. Um, so I'm, I'm going Lakers, Clippers in the West no matter what. But, I mean, when you look at the list of guys that have either opted out or, um, you know, or have tested positive, things like that, it, it's just it, – it's going to get dicey. And I think that this is going to be another thing that fluctuates. One minute we're going to think a team is in the lead. And I mean, this is like the, the ultimate idea I've always thought about. And it really rings true in the West most is like, imagine you're in game five of the Western conference finals and LeBron and AD like go out with, with COVID. Like how, how do you 
reconcile that and continue on in a playoff race and even do it with any sense of uh it's, that's of, a nightmare scenario right yeah of it being like mm-hmm. a fair playoff format so it's just like that that's a real weird part of it but ultimately with everything we've seen from guys even if lou williams and landry shamit were not to participate i'm still going lakers or clippers can J.R. Smith help the Lakers at this point, Alex? Yeah. Uh, I don't I mean it's not going to be some huge impact, but I don't see why not. As far as just a back-end rotation guy, he could. I could definitely see him getting hot in a few games. He wasn't a terrible defender for the Cavs at all. I mean, he's obviously not some stopper, but he's a, he's a nice – I think he's a nice backup. Like, I think he's just about at the level of their other guys that they got there. Avery Bradley, who won't be playing – I think he's might be better than Caldwell Pope, even though Caldwell Pope was good this year. Well, you're avoiding the guy I want to talk about. Dion. I don't know about that. Who makes a bigger impact for them? Dion or JR? They were traded for each other. This cracks me up that they're playing together now. I I love it. I mean, the the whole like LeBron thing since he left the heat has been like him teaming up with a bunch of guys that there was like controversy or, or a story before, like every single one, like in these Cavs teams and the Lakers teams, you know, now he's with Rondo and Dwight, it's just like it's, it's kind of random at this point. But I do think Dion is going to be the guy Agreed. who impacts more. I think he, you know, he's obviously played more recently. I think he's a better defender more recently. And I could kind of see both of them shooting a similar percentage from three. Like I, I don't, I think Jr. is a slightly better shooter. But I wouldn't be surprised they both shoot like around thirty-four percent in the limited time they play. Well, and this might might sound crazy, but I think Dion is actually probably in better shape than J.R. Smith. And oh, also yeah. in, in a playoff kind of situation, Dion hasn't got to really let – I mean, that one year in OKC, obviously they made a run, but this will be a chance for him to flex those big game muscles. And I think J.R. Smith has less to prove at this stage of his career. So Dion mm-hmm. Waiters is definitely in the driver's seat to be a contributor, um, at least the more impactful contributor of the two. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Dion got himself in better shape during this break. I think, you know, I mean, I think he recognizes that if LeBron took him back, this is pretty much the last shot. And But it, it, the reason it cracks me up is I was in Cleveland that year in 2014 when I was told by seven different people in the organization, the Cavs organization, on the day Dion was traded for J.R. Smith, this is addition by subtraction. And I'm like, so bringing in J.R. is an upgrade in terms of chemistry? And they're like, there's no question. And then he was. And, and, he, and he was. The, the worst part of that was when Dion. I felt bad for Dion. I actually spent an entire day. I'm the jinx, by the way, for everything. And so I spent that entire day in Philadelphia working on a piece for Bleacher Report about Dion. I was there. I was with his uh, – across from the Brownstone where he grew up in the little school where he still communicated with his elementary school teacher. It was this very sweet story. And I, went, I spent the whole day with the elementary school teacher. And then she had tickets to the game and he was back in Philly and he was getting introduced as a starter with LeBron's team. And, <laughs> and then five minutes before tip off, she sends me a text from her box that says, where is, cause he had gotten her good seats. And she's like, where's Dion? And I'm like, Oh, and I'm looking for him, but I don't see him. And he had been pulled to the back by Raja Bell, who was working for the Cavs at the time as an assistant to David Griffin and was told, you can't go out there. You've just been traded <laughs> to Oklahoma oh, City. No. Uh, and so it was a total. I, yeah, it was I, that day. That he, it was in, uh, in Philly, right? It was in Philly. Yeah, no, he, that was all he cared. All Dion cared about was starting in Philly on LeBron's team. That's all he cared about. Okay, because it, it was like he was back and he made it. And then he was traded that night uh, to OKC. And the and Brutal. All the Cavs people talked about this is this is the best case scenario for us, and we believe we can get Jr. on the right track. And the reality is, they did. They got they turned around a season that was nineteen and twenty, got all the way to the finals, might have won the championship if Love and Kyrie don't get hurt. Um, and all I remember from Jr. was he was on. Does everybody still go on those little one legged? I don't even know what you call them. I'm so old. Those one legged scooter things or whatever. Remember Jr. Oh was- my God, bro! Remember when that was a thing? What, what were those called? I can't remember. Oh, my God. Was it just a hoverboard? It was a hoverboard, basically, right. So, JR, JR like, would shoot, like, one for 17 at the finals game, and he, there he would be on his hoverboard. Right, a segue, right? Segway, yeah. thank you. Go by the media, thank you. Go by the media after games. It was hysterical. But they probably didn't get to the finals without JR. I mean, he oh, was, they, he was huge for them when they came back from down 3-1. Like, he yeah. was for sure. Consistent, he was and he was playing great D reliable too i mean like he's got that the big game stuff too and i know that some of that people laugh at me because it's so intangible to but like 
when you see guys come through either the heat organization or others, there's, there's definitely guys that step up in those scenarios. I think Tyler hero is one of them. Um, But uh, J.R. Smith is definitely one of those guys. So he's got a shot. Uh, You mentioned him. So let's close with this. And actually we are going to get to one more thing on the show. I recorded an interview uh, with Dr. John Chung. He is one of our sponsors. Um, He's a, he's at chiropractic keystone.com, but I spent some time with him last week just talking about some physical things that players will have to deal with as they get back in the bubble. So stick around for that. But you mentioned him. Um, Tyler Hero on social media, man, I, I can't really remember somebody attracting that much attention on it other than like Hassan for different reasons. Uh, are we good with this? Everybody's good with it? He's just having fun. I'm not talking about his new girlfriend. Uh, that's his personal life. But just it just seems like he's just been out there for four months. So is, is there any concerns about this at all? No. Nah. Nope. Agreed. Agreed. I, and I, the, people are going to call me a hypocrite. I know it because I was critical of his, <laughs> Hassan and some of the stuff he did. But truthfully, like a lot of it, uh, Tyler Hero's not saying a ton. So um, it, it's a lot of like you're having to infer what's going on. And he's just kind of having fun. He's not getting in any trouble. And this is the other thing. You don't ever hear any coach or anyone in the organization say that he is not giving max effort and coming with the right attitude. And I think that those things are reflected um, in in the way that he's been trusted late in games and trusted to play in um, in extended scenarios as a rookie. Um, So ultimately, like there's some proof in the pudding there that he's still playing. And uh, but this is the thing. I, I cannot lie. When you watch that kind of social media activity, there's always in the back of my mind because we were all that age once and we've all made bad decisions at times like you just wonder if there could be one move that kind of turns the tide there so you just you just hope that he's careful but he seems like a responsible kid with a good head on his shoulders yeah it does it's entertaining i I mean i like i said there's been nothing wrong on there yet but he's just been very out there and so i think you're just not like the tattoo ethan is is that it no, it's not just the tattoo. It's, no, no. Look, I I like it. I like him showing personality. But I but but we have to be fair here. I mean, it's, when, when Hassan when Hassan showed personality, but he was talking to fish. But like when he when he showed personality, we were kind of like, okay, this is kind of a clown show. And I know the first time that Tyler goes three for thirteen from the field, this is going to come up. It's it's going to come up because it it always does. Yeah. You know, see, the three for thirteen shouldn't be the one. It's when Spo is yanking him out of games that right, then yeah. we can start like having this conversation. And that's where I think that the line will be drawn in the sand. Um, but we haven't seen that yet. So well, fingers also, crossed. He, he's going to be in a bubble, and so a lot of this activity is not even going to occur. So that's the that's the thing. You're going to end up with these guys stuck together with nothing to do. Um, for all this period of time. And so, like I said, it's, I'm 99% sure it's fine. Everything I've heard about the kid is all he cares about is basketball ultimately. And so, you know, he's going to show that, but I mean, he's, he's feeling himself a little bit and he has every right to, and it's just one of those things that is going to come up because it, it always comes up. All right. So we're going to get to our interview now. Again, spoke to Dr. John Chung. Um, you can find him at chiropractickeystone.com. He's a huge Miami sports fan. Um, and obviously we were thankful to our sponsors during COVID and this interview is worth it because he gets into a lot of the things the players are going to deal with. And I think these are things we're going to need to talk about because you're going to start to see guys go out with injuries we haven't seen before. Um, cause they're just not going to be in basketball shape right away. Thanks for joining us on the nothing but net channel. And uh, here's the interview with Dr. Chung. Welcome back to the five on the floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Make sure as I always say, check out five reasonsports.com for all of our content, our podcasts, our YouTube channel, our merchandise, our stories, our columns, and just about everything else. And also check out all of our sponsors. One of the things we've been doing on the podcast here during the COVID break is bringing on a lot of the sponsors who have helped us get through this. And we hope that you support them because they've supported us. And the other thing is they're all from here and they're all Miami sports fans. So they're basically you. It's just that they had businesses they wanted to promote with us, or in this case, uh, had a practice they wanted to promote with us. And that is Dr. Jonathan Chung, who actually is one of the few people who actually made it to a Palm Beach County watch party with us. (laughs) One of of the few brought his family. Um, We went up and did one up in, uh, in, I guess it was close to Clematis, right? Butcher shop, I think we did up there. Um, Yeah, yeah. It was a... Yeah, probably like a block or two away from Clematis Street. Yeah, it was it was during heat training camp. The Heat were staying at the Breakers. So after it was over with, I went over to the Breakers for a bit to kind of hang out at the at the lobby bar there, which is an interesting experience. Um, 
I've been in a lot of lobby bars with the Heat over the years. <laughs> this one got to catch up with Anthony Carter and Alonzo Mourning and a few others. Uh, the current players were kind of out of sight. But yeah, we had a good time at the butcher shop, and, and Dr. Chung's been a big supporter of ours. I want you to introduce what you do, and then we're just going to talk about something that I think plays into your specialty, which is how NBA players are going to handle what's going on physically with them when they get to Orlando and if this actually this, if this season actually resumes. What is your practice? What do you do? How can you help people in our market? Thanks, Ethan. Well, I'm just happy to be on the show and contribute a little bit. So I'm an upper cervical chiropractor and a neurorehabilitation specialist. So basically what that means is in addition to having my specialty of just uh, correcting people's spines and helping people recover from spine-related issues, I do a lot of performance-based rehabilitation for people that have had concussions, people that have things like dizziness and neurological disorders. And we take a brain-based approach towards rehabilitating their ability to just perform different parts of their life, whether it's <clears throat> people with dizziness that just stumble around and you know, can't find their balance, whether it's an athlete who has suffered a concussion and has lost some of their ability to use hand-eye coordination, or some people that just have chronic pain and just are looking for ways to just live their life and to do the things that they want to do without pain. Um, those are the big things that I focus on in my practice and, you know, the concussion aspect <clears throat> and some of the pain aspects are where I'll work with uh, athletes in particular, trying to recover from some type of traumatic injury that they suffered while playing the sport. And you're based up in Wellington. Um, the, the website is chiropractickeystone.com. So I, I mention that on the show all the time, chiropractickeystone.com, but you don't have to live in Wellington to see you, right? So explain what's going on in terms of telemedicine, because I think that's, that's really where you can help a lot of people in our audience. Definitely. So one of the things that COVID did was that it accelerated the ability for uh, doctors and um, therapists to be able to use teleconferencing in order to provide healthcare. So for a long time, there was a lot of restrictions on who could provide telehealth and you know, who would pay for it if it was provided. But because of COVID, a lot of the governors and um, a lot of the national healthcare um, industries have lifted a lot of those restrictions. So one of the things that we do for people now is we'll do teleconferencing with people. So in a teleconference, we could go through your health history. We could have you perform some really basic things to evaluate you as a cursory exam. And usually from a history and exam, you could tell if someone is going to benefit from doing an at-home rehab program versus if there's someone that actually does need to be physically coming into a doctor's office and have some physical contact or some type of love, higher level examination there. So we've been offering that to a lot of people now, especially in light of the COVID situation, because people are afraid to leave their house. Mm. So we'll do a initial consultation with someone to just get a feel to see if we think we can help them using teleconferencing. And if we think that we can, then we'll actually sit there on the screen with them and we'll prescribe exercises or prescribe ways where you can do manual therapy to yourself or give you recommendations, whether it's nutritionally, um, to really help yourself recover because there's lots of factors that go into recovery um, that a lot of people use in addition to athletes. And that involves working with their nutrition working with how they exercise, working on their form and technique when they're exercising and modifying how um, intense and what dosage they're doing with their exercise. And typically um, with the right conditions, you could get pretty comparable results between being in the office and getting this rehab done versus actually um, doing a lot of this stuff at home if you're motivated enough to do it from home. And before we get to the NBA stuff, if you mention five reasons, what happens? So if you mentioned five reasons, we'll do a complimentary 15-minute consultation, and that's where we'll let you know, hey, I think we can help you using telehealth, or no, you might want to get treatment um, in person. And that part will be, 50 for, be at no charge. And your first um, rehab visit with us, if you do choose to go down that route, you'll save 50% off on that first rehab visit, which will end up being about $25 out of pocket when it's all said and done, which is about the cost of a copay. Well, that's awesome. So again, mention five reasons uh, with Dr. Chung. And like I said, you don't have to be up in Wellington to do this. So we certainly want to cater to Palm Beach, but also to Broward and Dade. All right, let's get 
to your areas of expertise and how they apply to our areas of we pretend to have expertise, which is the <laughs> NBA. Uh, and the season is supposedly resuming on July 31st in Orlando. It's a really strange circumstance. These guys have been out for a long time. It was abrupt. They, they work on a schedule. Their bodies work on a clock. Uh, they know what time of year they need to start getting ready, what time of year they need to start kind of tapering down a little bit. All of that has been taken off the table now. Um, and now they're also going to go to an environment that's not like their regular environments. They're not going to have their usual equipment. Um, I'm certainly the NBA is going to take care of them in these facilities, but it's, it's going to be different in a lot of different ways. Um, and, and just emotionally, it's going to be different. Mentally, it's going to be different. With what you do, what are, what are you hearing? Because I know you, you do communicate with some who are involved in this world. But also with what you do, what applies to what these guys are going to be handling and how do they get through this to be at their best selves in Orlando? So the biggest factor that's going to come into play here is basically they've basically gone through an offseason, right? Because the average offseason, like the NBA season's ending at the end of June, they're starting training camp back in you know, August and they're playing again in September, October. So they've had basically an off season to go through with this COVID situation. And they're about to jump into a situation where there's a lot on the line, right? Because some people are playing for a chance to be in the NBA playoffs and others are playing to maintain their seating. So the games coming up ahead for a lot of the teams, there's a lot of stakes involved, which means that there's a lot of intensity involved. And if you are an average adult, an average adult takes some time in order to get themselves into what we call game shape. So people can have a high level of fitness, like almost all NBA players do have, but just having a high level of fitness doesn't mean that they're actually physically ready to endure the grind that playing multiple NBA games per week does to the body. So they have to have a way to incorporate an NBA preseason in the short amount of time that they have in order to, before they start to play the playing games and then before you start to get into the playoffs. So that tapering time to get into that I'm ready to play at a high level NBA game is going to be where the biggest thing, biggest factors come into play to see which teams are been able to maintain a pretty high level of NBA fitness, which teams lag behind in that. And <clears throat> which teams um, have been able to use this time to recover from injuries so that some of these important key pieces, like for the Heat, a Myers Leonard and a Tyler Hero, was that time used appropriately so they could get themselves to the point where they're going to be ready contributors without further risk of injury once the intensity ramps up from these NBA games. And our assumption is uh, if you just say culture three times, uh, it leads to a championship. And, and, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit <laughs> that, you know, the Heat seem to be well positioned for a lot of this stuff for, for a lot of reasons. I mean, one, obviously, that I joke about it, but they do have an organizational culture. Um, they do expect more than other teams do to begin with. They have uh, a, a leader who is maniacal about training and Jimmy Butler, a young player in Bama Adebayo, is also – they also have a lot of younger guys on the roster, but that's what I wanted to ask you about. It, it, when I've talked to veterans over the years, they will say to me, you know, it takes me until December before I start to feel right. You know, you go through training camp, but kind of there's still a lot of NBA players are still using half of October, November through Thanksgiving. Kind of then you got to get through Thanksgiving and then it's kind of like first week of December. Okay, here we go. Um, and so I've always been told it takes, you know, older players longer to get back in shape. But there is a, a counter argument here that the older players are used to taking care of their bodies over a longer period of time. And so this might affect the younger players more. The Heat have a young team for the most part. I mean, with the exception of Iguodala, a handful, a couple of others, and Dragic. Uh, does this help them or hurt them? Is, it, is this going to be better for younger or older players? I think we will see that the young players will probably benefit from this because they had some time to recover um, from the grind of an NBA season. So I think like your Kendrick Nunn's and your Tyler's and your Duncan Robinson's who haven't been used to playing the amount of volume that they played earlier in the season, mm -hmm. like they just got an earlier time to recover. And if they've been training with the level of intensity that the Heat expects them to, then I think they'll actually 
um, benefit quite a bit from this. <clears throat> I think um, 30 seems to be the magic number where recovery becomes a lot harder. So a lot of these guys that have a lot of volume on their knees, especially, like it takes some time for those knees to feel right um, for an NBA season because we have to remember that, like, you know, even though these guys on TV, they look like, you know, average sized people, these are like giant men. And these giant men are jumping with, you know, a lot of force and a lot of intensity and they're landing and putting, you know, 220 to 270 pounds and landing on one leg and loading these knees asymmetrically. Like that's a lot of volume that they put on like over the course of a career for a guy like Dragic and even a guy like Jimmy who, you know, put in and logged a lot of minutes, um, mm -hmm. especially during his Chicago years. So I think the players that are under 30 will see a pretty good benefit from this time off. Whereas I think some of the players that are in their um, past 30, um, it might take them a little while to shake off the rust. So I think some of these playing games will be good for teams that have already, you know, ensured themselves a playoff spot. And, and last one here, when you take a look at uh, some of the other variables, okay. Um, the food's going to be different <laughs> for one thing. Uh, the beds are going to be different. They're, they're wheeling in, you know, bigger, you know, accommodations, but play a lot of players have custom stuff in their condos or in their houses. Um, the, there's no travel, which I would assume would be a benefit for a lot of these guys um, that they're going to wake up in quote unquote, their own bed. It's not their bed, but it's going to be a hotel bed. <laughs> they don't have to go somewhere else. All the, you know, the, the rides to the airport, uh, the rides on the buses from the airport, the rides on the buses to the game. They don't have to do any of that. Everything's, going to be really close there at Disney. I mean, they'll have to get there, obviously, but, but you don't have to get off a flight first. How do you think all of these things will, will play into it? Uh, just uh, the differences in sort of the small details that we don't really talk about very much. So I think the small details make a difference in the margins. So like a guy like LeBron who has his own like personal training staff with him besides his team training staff, like that might like make a difference in the margins. But for the NBA as a whole, I think we might see um, less injuries in the middle of the playoffs because of that travel situation. Because from a health standpoint, we're looking at what are the big rocks that make a difference as far as injury risk. And the biggest factor for risk of injury is <clears throat> the amount of rest that you get between games and the travel schedule. So especially people traveling east to west and crossing multiple time zones, their recovery is a lot worse when they're making that trip. And if you eliminate that from the picture, I think you might see some teams, um, you know, make some upsets um, on days that where they might've had to travel that they don't have to travel for that. Um, I think also the fact that you might not be seeing some of these back-to-backs in these playing games, and obviously there's no back-to-backs in the playoffs. I think that's going to <clears throat> make a difference for some of these guys because they'll be a little bit fresh Mm -hmm. um, for the playoffs. So I think you might see that the quality of basketball in the NBA playoffs might actually increase a little bit just because right. you're not going to lose some of these key players to some of these random injuries that happen just because their bodies haven't fully recovered yet. Yeah. And, and Jimmy Butler, we saw this year was much, he just looked like a totally different player when he had a couple days rest. I mean, I, there's, there's some guys on the heat. I, I think the other thing that you mentioned, which we haven't talked about enough is that there were some heat guys who were either had hit the wall, young guys, or in danger of hitting the wall. Because like you said, they never played this many games. And now they've gotten an entire break. I mean, they've gotten a huge break. I mean, in terms of all this time off. And so when I look at all these things, I do think that the Heat are one of the teams um, that could benefit the most. I heard a little in the background there. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how old are the kids now? Uh, we got a two-and-a-half-year-old, and we have a four-month-old now. Oh, my God. It's like it's fast. Mine, mine is six going on 26. She's doing lip gloss in my living room. Uh, oh, recently. no, I so can't. It, it, can't happen, it, it happens quickly. All right, go to – how do you find you on Twitter, at Dr. Dr. Jonathan, no H at the front of that, Dr. Jo Dr. Jonathan Chung um, on Twitter. It's chiropractickeystone.com. Don't do it the other way. I always screw that up. Chiropractickeystone.com. Mention five reasons – and get that evaluation uh, with Dr. Chung and check it out because especially you've been sitting on the couch for a long time here during COVID. Make sure my, my, I may have to talk to you because my back, I got this thing. Well, we'll talk about it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's called 47 is what it's called. Uh, it's, it's called 47. I got your back, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you got my back. Yeah, because that's, uh, yeah, it's called 47. It's this pinched nerve. It won't go away for some reason. But um, check them out. Keystone Chiropractic. 
Ethan.com. Uh, we appreciate you doing this. Thanks. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.